Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, Dave Sturchow, alongside Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. Fellas, uh, Wild Card Weekend is basically over, except for, you know, the main event on Monday night. So we're obviously going to preview that, but crazy couple uh, games that we got to witness over the weekend. We didn't, We now know, as far as the NFC is concerned, the Giants with the upset over the Vikings and the 49ers, who made you kind of sweat it out a little bit, take care of business, um, and they beat the brakes off of their opponent over the weekend. And, um, you know, I, as if like they don't deserve their name, the Seahawks. <laughs> like, like, oh, I, I can't even say their name. They're that terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the setup right now. The Eagles will host the New York Giants, and the winner of the Tampa Bay and Dallas game will travel to San Francisco. So, obviously, we'll get into that. The AFC, crazy things have happened. Um, the Bills struggled mightily, uh, if not for a just a botched delay a game call, I guess you could say. Um, the Dolphins kind of, you know, shot themselves in the foot there. Um, an incredible comeback win by the Jacksonville Jaguars, our beloved Jacksonville Jaguars, who beat us up in overtime. So you got to root for them after all. Um, they uh, they get it done against the L.A. Chargers. And of course, um, tonight uh, there's a game being um there's a Sunday night football game, so we'll, we obviously we won't know the results of that as we're recording, but it, it does feature the Bengals and the Ravens. All right, so it's it's no more talk, right? It, it's all over. Um, people are tuning in today, you know, getting in their cars, going to work. Some of them leaving early. You know, some of them got to cut that day, or some people don't have work, which kind of is convenient. It is Martin Luther King Day after all, so a lot of businesses are closed, so people have all day to consume content and get hyped for the game. So we're going to try to provide you guys with a little bit of last second, last minute insight to what we're about to witness between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tony, I guess you basically, just based off what you saw over the weekend, um, what kind of stands out to you the most before we dive into Dallas Tampa? First off, I mean, I, I tweeted this out and I almost didn't believe it. And I was afraid to tweet it out because I didn't know it was factual, but it is. The last five years in a row, the six seed on the NFC side has beaten the three side, three seed, and we saw it again with the Giants beating the Minnesota Vikings. It's it's such a weird matchup, a weird fact, but that stood out to me is the fact that you said it, Sturch. I, we're, we saw it as Cowboys fans. The Vikings were pretty fraudulent. Um, I didn't trust Kirk Cousins. Even though we didn't play all that bad, I just knew that defense was pretty poor. Um, and that was a matchup that uh, I think a lot of people thought may have gone that way and actually did go chalk. So um, although overall, a pretty damn good slate of games this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was at a buddy's house watching that that Chargers-Jaguars game, and I was like, I said to them, you know, we were all around the TV, and my buddy's a big-time Jaguars fan, which, by the way, they do exist. They're out there. 
uh, few and far in between, but they're out there. Um, I, I was watching the game and it was 27 nothing. And I said, look, man, all you need is one score before the half. And this can turn like a lot of momentum in, into your favor. And everybody's looking at me like I got three heads. And sure enough, the Jaguars come all the way back. Big, big, big time performance out of Trevor. And the Chargers decided once again to charger. I think that coach, he really needs to have his head on a pedestal at this point. I mean, there's no, there's no, um, you know, there's no excuse for what he's done over the last couple of years. And specifically this game, um, you know, just again, just a piss poor coaching. And, and you know, somebody's got to be held accountable. You have all this talent. You have Justin Herbert. People tout him to be one of the top five quarterbacks in football. And you just haven't been able to get it done. So, Aiden, what sticks out to you most about Super Wild Card Weekend? What outside outside of the AFC games, which were very entertaining, the thing that sticks out to me the most is the fact that if the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers, I think they're playing the best team in the NFL that didn't have a bye this week. And I think they're playing the second best team in the NFL overall, relative wise in terms of how they've been playing lately. Because what we know now is that with the Giants beating the Vikings, that if the Cowboys win, they're heading to San Francisco and who looked nearly unstoppable yesterday. And this is not Brock Purdy. I'm, I think, Brock Purdy can be had. I think Dan Quinn will find way to find ways to get pressure to Brock Purdy if we play them. But it's going to be a difficult matchup next week if the Cowboys win. Yeah, they got weapons all over the place. CMC, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. It's like the, the list goes on and on. And now Eli Mitchell is back and healthy, and he's banging around again behind the backfield. So, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers, to me, right now, look like the more powerful team even over the Eagles right now. I don't care what the Eagles finish or how they finish with their one seed. The 49ers look incredible. And that does lie ahead for either the Cowboys or Tampa Bay. Um, and obviously, if you're listening to this show, we're hoping it's going to be the Cow- uh, Dallas Cowboys. Now, the path, um, it, it, it kind of crystallized. So, basically, you know, it's one of two things. So the Cowboys win. They go into San Francisco, and obviously that game, you cannot even overlook that at all. But there is a far-off chance that if the Giants pick off the Eagles out of nowhere, that the NFC title game would be actually in AT&T Stadium in Dallas, uh, Arlington, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, yeah, so that's it's just a crazy thought to think that maybe, and uh, Tony was telling me in, in pre that, like, the Cowboys have themselves a – revenge tour type situation right now you know tampa bay in week one they hurt hurt our quarterback right like okay revenge on that and then if if you do go to san fran san fran's the guys that punked you last year it's time to you know take them out and then think about it like this you know it's an nfc east nfc championship game so like and we know that Dak prescott has had uber success against those guys but you know a lot of narratives can change overnight now that's the first thing I want to bring up before we get into what Tony had brought up or brought to the table tonight. Tony, do you think that this is a legacy altering game for Dak Prescott? Meaning if he doesn't get it done are, are like, there are going to be fans that are completely up in arms and saying, you know what? We just, this guy, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have that big win mentality, but at the same time, flip side of the coin, he goes out there, slays the giant known as Tom Brady people are going to take him seriously again? Do you think this is like one of those big, big fight feels for Dak Prescott? It's funny. I actually said this. I thought this game was an, uh, you know, a lose-lose situation for the Cowboys, right? You win the football game, you should have. You're playing an 8-9 and nine team that didn't really look good at a lot of times. You're, he's a 45-year-old Tom Brady, so people are going to say, oh, it's not the same old Tom, whatever. You lose the game, and then that, that noise that you talk about with Dak Prescott and his legacy becomes deafening. I don't think it's, you know, 
I don't think it's fair, but that conversation is going to be had and it's going to be had a lot. It's going to be happen within and without of the fan base. So people are going to talk about Dak Prescott, especially if he stacks a bad performance after that Washington game. So you're absolutely right. I hope that isn't in his mind and he's not thinking about anything but at the task at hand. But you're totally right. that This game could really shape a lot of people's minds in Dak Prescott. And we've been banging the drum for him and it would be a tough conversation if, uh, if they don't get it done. Aiden, are you prepared to have that conversation or you don't think it should exist? Like, do you think no matter what happens that Dak Prescott is still uh, a really good quarterback who can lead the Dallas Cowboys to the promised land? Yeah, I don't think, at least I don't think we're, us are going to be needing to have the conversation. We know that with Shady employed, the conversation will be had on national media. But yeah, no matter what happens in this upcoming game, I know Dak Prescott's, I have all the faith in the guy. In fact, I saw a tweet this weekend that said if you could have one Dallas Cowboys offensive player, one defensive player from all time to add to this team, who would you add? So a lot of people adding Troy Aikman. And in my head, I was like, you know what? I think we have one of the best Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks at the helm right now. So I'm I'm not going to turn on Dak no matter what happens in this game. But another aspect of the lose-lose that Tony said, it doesn't even matter if Dak has a good game tomorrow. If they lose, Dak could throw up. 400 yards, put up three touchdowns, and if they still lose, then the narrative of Dak can't win in the playoffs is just going to get stronger. So it's it's really going to be unfortunate for him if they lose. Yeah. Well, again, we're going to break it down right now. Tony, you brought up a, a good conversation to have as far as, you know, uh, what how to break this game down. I mean, we're first and 10. There's There's little nuggets to that. Explain to the people what we're about to do. Yeah, so we're going to kind of touch on all things Cowboys, Tampa Bay, get you ready. Obviously, going to listen to this Monday morning, get you hyped up game day. So we're going to uh, kind of continue here and do our four down preview. First down, we'll we'll talk about our offense versus their defense. After that, we'll uh, hit second down there and be able to talk about our defense versus their offense. And you kind of get how the gist goes. Third down will be a special teams battle. And uh, fourth down, we'll take a look at the coaching staffs and see how that stacks up and uh, give you a full uh, clear picture of what this game looks like and get you guys ready for football all right sounds like a plan so with that with first down we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys offense against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense now Tony obviously when this team is clicking on all cylinders um you know they're one of the, the top flight offenses in the league and we've seen it you know we've seen it come time and time again they've put up 40 burgers 50 burgers they've done some good things on offense how do you think we stack up against the Tampa Bay defense again this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team finished eight and nine. They did win the NFC South by default. You know, they had the Panthers behind them, the, the Saints behind them, and just uh, the Falcons behind them. So the, the division kind of stunk. Um, but now how do you think Dak Prescott and company fare against the Tampa Bay D? I mean, I really like it. I think, um, you know, week one was a tough deal. Only score three points, you know, but look at a lot of variables. And I'll give Starch a lot of credit because you you brought it up in the roundtable. Michael Gallup wasn't there last time. T.Y. Hilton wasn't there last time. We're a different offense. Tyler Smith is much more seasoned at left tackle than he was uh, that first game getting thrown out there. Um, and you just look at the numbers, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense gives up over 21 points a game, uh, over 120 rushing yards a game, and uh, passing yards is plus 200 as well. So, uh, um, this defense is, is leaky at times. And then you look at, you know, a comparison, our offense, we score 27 and a half points a game, man, and we're able to, you know, really do some things explosive like you touched on. So, um, yes, if you're looking at it in, in just in a nutshell of what it looked like in week one, that, that looks like a struggling unit versus a defense that had our number. But I don't think that tells the full story. And I think we could really see that uh, come through on Monday night. 
Aiden, when that was kind of glaring that he just went over a couple of the numbers. Um, and it's the Tampa Bay run defense, which has not been very good um, this year. Does, do you think that's going to be a recipe for the Cowboys with offensively, specifically play calling? You know what I mean? Like I got Kellen Moore out there. We understand there's multiple Kellen Moore stands. There's multiple Kellen Moore haters. There's, there's people that are on the fence. Do you think he dials up the run just a little bit more in, in times where we're just like, man, you got to throw here? Like, how do you think he dials this one up to, uh, uh, on Monday night? I think that's going to be the game in terms of what we're going to see from the offense is it's going to be Kellen Moore's commitment to the run. I would not be surprised if the Cowboys in the game with 150 rushing yards, Zeke and Tony Pollard ripping off a combined five yards of carry tomorrow. I also wouldn't be surprised if they we saw what happened in the Washington game and they ran for two yards of carry and they barely hit 80 yards total. The question is going to be, is Kellen Moore willing to abandon the run when it's not working and go to the week one 2021 game where he's like, you know what? We're not beating this run defense. Let's have our all let's have our Pro Bowl quarterback just sling it around the field and win the game on the back of him. Now they didn't win that game, but I, this defense can be had through the air and we'll see if the run game is not working. It's going to come down to Kellen Moore's willingness to just say, screw it. We're not doing it. See, I think good teams, um, they typically, they abandon the run maybe sometimes too fast. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when they're like, okay, it's not working. I guess we got to have Dak sling this one the rest of the way, right? You got two running backs who are very, very capable of with just ripping off explosive plays, specifically Tony Pollard. And I think both of those guys need to be on the field at the same time a lot just to kind of give Tampa Bay that look of saying like, all right, well, they're both out here. So I guess one of them's either getting the ball or this is just smoke and mirrors, but regardless, have them, have them start worrying. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is definitely something that uh, a unit on this field tomorrow night on the grass field, by the way, for everybody going ape shit about that, which is like mind numbing. First, it was the grass. Then it was the jerseys. Now tonight, it got the hot boy stuff going on, which we'll get into the defense in a second, which is like, cringeworthy content by the way uh, but you got to touch on it right it's on the internet um but yeah i think the cowboys offense has played well enough this year um to score some points and i think for them to win this game i think tony they're gonna have to hit that average number i think like they're i've heard a lot of people say that this one's gonna be a knock around like just kind of drag out game where the, the score might not eclipse 14 for either team like it's just gonna be one of those slow moving games but if I'm the Cowboys, man, and I want to make a statement, not only just try to win the game, slay the beast known as Tom Brady, but make a statement to the 49ers at this point. Like, hey, just so you know, uh, we're clicking again. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where I think, you know, it's 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 a statement that you have to make and you have to make it early. Now, I'm going to ask you real quick, both you guys. We win the toss. Tony, you, what are you doing? You're winning the toss. What do you do? I'm a defer guy, and that's because I love the idea of the double dip in the second half. If, I think that's an actual advantage that they don't take advantage of. I know, I know they like to get out and play out with a lead, but ultimately, I just, I just like the st strategic advantage of doing that. Aiden, you feel the same way? I'm receiving for the sole reason that I think this Buccaneers defense is very similar to Tom Brady. They get better as the game goes on, and they give Tom Brady opportunities at the end of the game to come back and win. I want to put the stake in the Bucs early. All right. Interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. Um, so let's move on to second down then. All right. It's the Dallas Cowboys defense, which has definitely left a lot to be desired over the last couple of weeks. We're really not sure as to what happened with the team. And I understand injuries definitely played a big role in um in a little bit of their regression, but 
it's their defense against Tom Brady, who, again, I mean, there's nothing you could say bad about the guy outside the fact that he's the most successful quarterback in the league ever. Um, you know, and there's no debating that. There's there's literally nobody gets like, well, you know, like there's no debating it. He's won the most Super Bowls. He's got the most accomplishments. He's the guy. Um, this year, has he been the guy? At times, yeah. When there's a minute left in the fourth quarter and he's driving down the field, lacing him all over the place, yeah, he's the man. And then when, it, when push came to shove and they needed one big game out of him, yeah, he channeled. He turned back the clock and beat up on the Panthers. But overall, Tony, when you look at our defense, banged up or not, and it's Tom Brady and and company, meaning like, you know, the, the Evans and the, and the Gobbins of the world. And, of course, then you have playoff Lenny and Rashawn White and, and those guys. They can do things. How are you feeling right now with our defense, Tony, that, again, has struggled a little bit over the last couple of weeks? You have guys like no-name quarterbacks exposing us. Now you have the best quarterback coming in. What's your gut feeling about this matchup? It's fascinating, right? Because you name a lot of guys on that Tampa Bay offense that that can make plays, right? That kind of scare you. I mean, Julio Jones at one point was one of the league's best. Chris Godwin is, uh, is somebody that's deeply respected. Obviously, Mike Evans speaks for himself. Um, last time we played playoff Lenny, right? Which is it's funny because it is the playoffs now. And we got to see him. But first time when we saw him in week one, he put up a over 100 yards rushing. I mean, that's not what they've done all year, though. I mean, this offensive unit has only scored 18.4 points a game. They're only rushing 76.9 yards a game like 77 rushing yards they're doing it mostly at the arm of tom brady which is kind of crazy to think about when a 45 year old quarterback is the one that's gotta you know pick you up by the bootstraps and kind of have you go here what's what's pretty interesting is the cowboys are plus 10 in the turnover differential and the the tampa bay buccaneers are minus two so it's you understand our deficit we know this you know the cornerback tom brady is the type of guy that could attack that but it's going to be up to Dan Quinn to kind of put them in the right positions to succeed and ultimately this 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 Cowboys defense has a lot to prove and this Tampa Bay offense hasn't been scary all year so I, I anticipate it, that being an advantage for the Cowboys I'm not as scared as a, a 45 year old Tom Brady as maybe some other people are Aiden what are the things that really worry you the most about a Tom Brady led offense it's the weapons lining up against our cornerbacks I'm I know like Playoff Lenny is a thing. Rashad White's been really good over the back half of the season. I'm not too scared of that rushing attack just because I know that if the Cowboys offense gets going, it's going to eliminate the run, which hopefully is going to be the case. But Mike Evans is just such a big X factor in this. Like if you look at Tampa Bay's last since the bye week, they put up 17 points, 17 points, 7, 23, 19, 30 points and 17. The only time they've had a respectable game on offense is when they put 30 points up on the Panthers and it took Mike Evans going off for 203. So I, that's the one thing I'm scared about. Tom Brady can expose these cornerbacks, but at the same time, Dan Quid's had some time to hopefully prepare for that. We'll see. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of chime in on the stats because I tweeted this out a couple of days ago in their last full four games, right? Obviously they didn't play the last week, you know, full starters. They faced Brock Purdy and Trace McSorley out of two of those four quarterbacks. They gave up 27 points, over 12, 27 points, over 235 rushing yards and 112 yards rushing, right? They're averaging two and a quarter passing touchdowns a game and giving up one rushing touchdown. So over these games, they've, you know, obviously they're giving up 27 points a game and two of the four, half of those battles are against, you know, Brock Purdy and Trace McSorley like they, they really could have lost that Arizona game so I understand the, the healthy amount of respect I understand that people get anxiety when it comes to the playoffs but if you look at this matchup and actually look at it like the Cowboys should and have a real possibility to win this football game support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning 
As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I mean, listen, I like it, but I, I do want to defer to both of you guys another question. We're, we're talking about Tom Brady and obviously, you know, what he's capable of doing, what we've seen him do over the, over the years and the years and the years he's played in this league. You have any worries about this defense right now? I mean, they obviously they just kind of got it handled, Tony, against the Washington Commanders. There's been time, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw up a, bu- a big number on us. Uh, you know, just the back half of this season, it hasn't been the dominant defense that they were in the beginning of the year because in the beginning of the year, man, they were they were touting us to be the best. We were the best defense in football, taking the ball away, getting to the quarterback. Like, where's your feeling going into this one uh, with our defense in specific? The hot boys are back, apparently. So, like, do you think that these guys have lit a fire under their own ass? Or, like, what, what exactly do you think is going through the mind of a Dan Quinn going into this game with the squad that he's got? I know you're not an analytical guy, so I'm going to speak to you in terms of that just his gut feeling, right? Like, I think you would agree this team needs that, like, extra motivation. They need to be punked. They need to have that type of, like you said, fire under their ass, so to speak, to to step up because the Washington Commanders in Week 18 isn't exciting enough for them. You know, playing against, uh, you know, whoever, it doesn't matter. They don't get up for those. So I do think... Right. And you even hear Mike Parsons say it this week, Michael Parsons. He said, you know, I found my second wind. It's the playoffs. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, who cares about anything else? It's just about going after it. And, you know, it may not be the most healthy mindset, but if that's what's going to happen and propel you to win in the in, in the playoffs, I think that they could really use that. There are some dogs on that team, and I feel I think they hear the noise. I mean, social media is one of those places where you want to get motivation. Just hit your mentions and see what's going on. Um, so, yeah, there are True. some guys there. <laughs> there are some people that really need to look at that and take a look at themselves, and I do expect the defense to kind of step up here. Aiden, how are you feeling going in with this defense? I mean, obviously the corners have have battled outside of obviously Trayvon Diggs, and we've had some injuries and stuff. And Xavier Rhodes practiced a little bit. I'm not sure what kind of packages you can work him in, if he, if at all. Um, a lot of people are saying, "Oh yeah, he'll play," and I'm just like, uh, "You sure?" You know, like he was got got there a cup of coffee ago, so I'm not really sure how much impact he could p- uh, potentially have on this game. Um, where you stand on this defense heading in? I'm pretty confident in. 10 guys on the defense. I think that this is the healthiest the defense has been since the Anthony Brown injury. I mean, you're getting LVE back. You're getting Hankins back. The defense is as healthy as it's going to get in the playoffs. So I'm confident in 10 guys on the field. I think the one thing it's going to come down to is that third cornerback, whether it be Nashawn Wright, whether that be a rotation of Xavier Rhodes, and I mean, whoever they decide to roll out there at that third cornerback, 
that's what I think it's going to come down to. Can they have a decent, if that third cornerback just has a decent game, average game, even slightly below average, I think you're going to see a good defensive performance. Right. As long as we don't see like the back nameplate of their jersey all night long and got guys Mike Evans just running by him, you really just need to punch him in the mouth of the line. You re- That's the, the name of the game is to get physical with these guys. And Evans might not be the one to punch because, you know, he can pack a punch right back. So it, it really it is going to be a dogfight uh, between the, uh, you know, their offense and our defense. Now, special teams has been something that we've exceeded in this year. Brett Maher was brought back. The dude literally was aces um he completely i don't think he missed a field goal until the last game of the year it feels like i don't know if that's his actual stat line but like it felt like he was one of the most clutch and accurate kickers in the nfl this year which was like a, a godsend considering when when that move was made we're all looking at each other like wait i'm sorry what was that like brett maher's coming no don't, don't tell me that right and he really he lived it up uh he lived up to the hype and um it's just good for him i guess what the the big conversation about the dallas special teams is Turpin, who, again, by the NFLPA, uh, made the all-pro team. That's all his buddies voting for him because of a feel-good story. Congratulations to him. Um, but overall, the guy hasn't taken one back to the house. That's the reason why we brought him on to this team, and I guess to give us better field position. But I don't know if anybody else realizes this, but every time he takes the ball out, there's a penalty. It's always coming back. There's just nothing that – it doesn't make any sense to me at this point. Just sit back in the end zone, take the ball in the 25 and call it a day. That would be a win for this special teams. But if you're looking at it on the surface, Tony, you know, both special teams, I'm not really too, too familiar with the Tampa Bay special teams. I didn't really dive that deep into it because, again, you know, I think I, their kicker is, is you know, average to, to above average. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it's not like a kicker was a struggling point in their season at any point. Um, but, like, I don't know, do they defend – the kickoff well like is that something that you dove into that maybe turpin can finally live up to everything that we've wanted him to be yeah i mean they have a they have a, a veteran kicker and ryan suck up um they have a super um a super athletic jake camarda as a punter like i don't know if you saw him a couple weeks ago against carolina when i mean he made like a matrix type play to k- get that kickoff but um georgia guy too so shout out to the national champions but um you know it's it, it is interesting, right? Because we it does it doesn't really matter to me in special teams like the matchups and the ins and outs of it. It's gonna be does Cavante Turpin have a chance to really affect this game? And which way is it gonna be? Is it gonna be a fumble or is it gonna be a big run back? Because we've seen him against the Giants with Cooper Rush at the helm, where you know he he gets a big turn, you know, big return gets us to the 50 yard line, changes kind of the trajectory of that drive. Um, these are the games and these are the moments where all three phases you have to find a way to win, right? So he's got to find a way to to make an impact and sometimes that impact is knowing when to just take the you know wave it off with a fair catch and know when to just let it hit the end zone and, and a kickoff so it, it is interesting and um on the other side is you want to limit it i think brett maher has been done, doing really well i think fossil is the only reason why he may put a ball in play on kickoff and that's because they see something that they like but if but if he wants to kick it through the uprights and, and the kickoff he can do that as well so i think the cowboys have a a quality, you know, I mean, we I didn't even touch on the fact that Maher has been, you know, A1 and kicking, you know, kicking field goals. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, with the Cowboys, we know how it goes. It usually comes down to a three-point game every single game anyway. So um, he's going to have to do it. We're going to have to find ways, and hopefully uh, that's how it ends up. I really don't know if my heart could take it. Um, I've been feeling already <laughs> sick all week long about this game, right? And it's just like, if you're telling me I'm going to trot out Maher for a potential game-winning kick, 
Like, I'm talking about game-winning, meaning, like, we're down two. Not like, hey, let's tie this up, send it to overtime. Like, let's just win this or lose this on one foot. And I'm just like, no. Oh. I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, well, also- it, it is grass, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, no, well, who knows, you know? I don't know, man. Uh, special teams, Aiden, you have anything to add to the special teams conversation? Yeah, the the thing I'll add to what we just talked about, Maher, it is worth noting that this will be the biggest game that he's played in. So <laughs> no I'm, pressure, buddy. I'm not I'm not calling anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that if he walks out for a game winner, just keep in mind this is the biggest would be the biggest gig of his life. <laughs> and imagine, two Can you imagine that's, right. the conversa- that's the conversation they have too as they trot him out there? Mike like, <laughs> like Brett, Brett, hold on. Before you go out there, I'm like, what's up, coach? I'm like, this is the biggest kick of your life. So good luck. <laughs> good luck. Get man. out there. <laughs> break a leg. Yeah, break a leg, bro. <laughs> the only other thing I'll say, and Tony's touched on it. Cavante Turpin, please, for the first quarter, call fair catches, let the ball bounce through the end zone. Both the Texans game and the Commanders game, his muff punts came early, and that completely changed the tone for the rest of the game. I don't need that happening in playoffs for the entire first quarter. Fair catch, my man. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. All right. So now we break down the coaching, and I think this isn't even a close matchup. I don't think. I think that Mike McCarthy, 1,000%, is the better head coach. He's coached this team up now two years in a row, 12 wins, back-to-back seasons. These boys are playing good football they have played down to competition but then the next week they've always responded so that's a a, a testament to the coaching every time I look over at the sidelines for Tampa Bay I'm looking at this coaching staff and I'm just like does anybody even give a shit you know what I mean like I just it looks emotionless and maybe it's because Brady's telling them all this you know stuff at home at certain times but it just seems to me that the Tampa Bay coaching staff specifically their head coach it just seems like he's just lifeless and again He's been around the game forever. You know, he's, he's had multiple stops. He's been a coordinator. He's now up there doing his thing. And um, I don't know, Tony, do you feel like there's a, a legitimate, um, you know, is there a conversation to be had on who's the better coach team? No, I don't think so. And, you know, it's obviously we're a Cowboys podcast. So I'm like, you know, Tony's real positive on all these phases, but it, but it's true. I mean, on paper, the Cowboys should handle business. Todd Bowles record as a head coach is 34 and 50. Nothing to write home about. Um, and then if you break it down even further, you look at the offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, him and Tom Brady. There's been a lot of conversations about them button heads a little bit on a lot philosophical things. And, you know, Tom Brady kind of likes to do his own thing and hurry up and make his own plays and his own checks. And uh, I think they've, there's been a little bit of button head there. Um, it's it's you're right. It's it's funny because Bruce Arians had his finger, his thumb on the pulse of everything there, right? And um, it things have changed a little bit with him up in the you know in the booth there, um, just chilling really. But uh, it it's it yeah, there really isn't much of a conversation. I think Kellen Moore, you know, for a lot of what we say about him, I do feel and you know you get smoked for this opinion online, but it I do think there is a little something in the bag there. I do think that they kind of I don't think it's a whole new playbook and they're gonna look like you know like Mike Shannon hand when it would using Debo Samuel and stuff like that or Kyle Shanahan excuse me but I do think there's a little bit more variety a little bit more flair in this offense I think Dan Quinn is gonna know how to attack Tom Brady he's very familiar with him um and he's you know he's seen him a million times uh but including over, the Super Bowl just, <laughs> right including the Super Bowl which didn't you know go his way but he, he knows how to attack him he understands that and you're not gonna fool Tom Brady what you're gonna have to do is come with a you know aggressive nature and um I think that our staff Everybody there, including John Bones Fossil, down, up and down, you know, across the board, the Cowboys have a better staff. Aiden, do you agree? 
Yep, completely agree. I was while Tony was talking and making those points, I was trying to think of one area where the Bucks might have the Cowboys in coaching, and I just don't think it's there. I think if Todd Bull, if the Cowboys embarrassed the Bucks yesterday, I don't think Todd Bulls makes it through Tuesday. And in terms of the defense, I'm going to be very interested to see how Dan Quinn's responds. Obviously, he just got his butt kicked against the Commanders, and then Mike Evans comes out to this week and says that the Cowboys don't run a complex defense. I Dan Quinn's coaching for a job or a head coaching job. So right is now. Kellen Moore. This is Kellen Moore too. These guys are if they want to throw on their highlight tape of look at what I can do when it really matters. Tomorrow's the day, or I guess today, if you're listening to it. So, I mean, the, talk about reason to get motivated. And in terms of coaches that are already leaps and bounds above the Bucks coaches, Cowboys have them on coaching easy. All right. Well, there you have it. There's first, second, third, and fourth down for the coverage here on the first and 10 podcast. Um, now we'll just go around and we'll, this is it, man. This is, nope, this is put up or shut up time. Game time. People are pumped about it. They've heard the ins and outs, the X's and the O's. Tony, the final score of Monday Night Football and the conclusion of Super Wild Card Weekend will be what? I think it's 24-20 Dallas, and even though the score looks pretty close, I, I think the Cowboys, it's not as close as that score seems. I think Tom Brady finds a way to kind of tighten it up a little bit, but I think the Cowboys can go out there and check some boxes off and uh, really put some uh, demons to bed with a W. Aiden, I, I'm not sure if I remember correctly, but I think you said you had originally had Tampa Bay maybe coming out of this one with a win. Are you still kind of feeling that tone, or now that we're here and we've broke it all down, you're starting to swing the other way. Yeah. So this past week, I had Tampa winning. I did the playoff brackets with my friends. I It was kind of an emotional hedge, but I had Tampa Bay winning this one. And going into this podcast, I was like, I just feel bad about this game. After literally the last 30 minutes, I'm, I think I, you guys have me ready. I'm ready to go. I think the Cowboys oh. win. I think the Cowboys win 27 to 17, but I'm going opposite of Tony. I think that score is a little bit deceiving because I think 27, 17 Cowboys though, but I think it's going to be like 20 to 17 at the end of the game. And the Cowboys just get a garbage time touchdown to close it out, which by the way, would be a breath of fresh air considering they have not been able to close out games with their offense. 27, 17 Cowboys. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. So two guys here on this podcast, uh, Tony has a four point win. Aiden has a, Aiden goes from picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to now a Cowboys 10 point win, um, covering the spread and all sorts of fun. Uh, so that, that's cool. I'm glad we we're able to, the, the power of positivity can go a long way. Um, I said it was more like a three point win that they just crack open. All right. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. So, and, and all the betters, uh, rejoice and everybody's like, we're cool. Everybody wins. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to have to go into the 20s. I do. I think that's a guarantee. It's a necessity in this game because I do think Tom Brady is going to throw a couple touchdowns and it's going to piss us off. And it might even be the, the way I see this game playing out is, is the following. And, and I don't think that there's other ways that this, I mean, there's a million ways the game can go. Obviously nobody can predict anything to the T, but I mean, look, just look at the Jacksonville game. <laughs> you know, people are turning that garbage off at halftime. And next thing you know, I was like, wait, what, who won? Um, when I look at this Cowboys team, I think they got to get a lead. I think that's a, that's the name of the game. I do not want to see this Cowboys team have to battle back. I don't want to see the Cowboys have to do some fourth quarter heroics. I don't like that situation for us because if you give it to Tom Brady at the end, um, after us battling all back and he just breaks our heart again, we're just going to be looking at each other like, man, I can't with all that comeback was for nothing. I think the Cowboys 
on paper, and we just broke it all down, are the better team. They're absolutely the better team. They've won 12 games compared to the Buccaneers' eight. We've won 12 games in a division which three teams are in the playoffs, and not only three teams in the playoffs, there will be, no matter what the situation is, one of those teams in the playoffs are going to be in the NFC Championship game. So, like, right then and there, you know that we've been playing harder games and harder teams and a harder schedule, even though it seemed cupcake when guys like the Colts and the Texans and the, you know, the Jaguars, even though we lost that game, the, the cupcake schedule, um, you know, you looked at it on paper. And I used to say, and when that schedule came out, I said the Cowboys could win 10 games in their sleep. You know what I mean? So the fact that they won 12 is great. The fact that the Bucks struggled to get there, finish on their 500, I'm going to go on record and say right now, if the Dallas Cowboys do not beat the Buccaneers and Dak Prescott doesn't deliver a win here, this is probably going to be the more catastrophic loss in Dallas Cowboys playoff history and i'm not talking about like oh he threw a last second pick like it just doesn't matter i'm talking about game result you cannot lose to this team you have to go out there and play your game run the football find cd lamb execute and utilize all of your tight ends do everything you have to do and i think the cowboys will do that i think they do it all game i think tom brady we're gonna get a microsoft tablet toss at least once or twice i think we're gonna frustrate this guy because if if the defensive line and those guys and they're, they're calling themselves the hot boys again or doing whatever they're doing to get themselves psyched up, Micah Parsons going out there saying, hey, this is my second wind. I needed this. You know, F that list when it came out and he thought that was a real all-pro list. He was all pissed off. He's like, that's it. I got a game to win. He did put out an interesting tweet about, I believe it was uh, Tyree Kill or somebody said, let's run it back. And he said, I'm sorry, but I'll have a, I have a game to prepare for, which he was talking about the Super Bowl. So, like, you can feel that this, this mojo is starting to shift in the Cowboys' favor. I think the Cowboys win this game, like, 30 to 17. I think that this is a, mm-hmm. this is a game where you'll hear Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, like, who are these guys? And who are, are these the Cowboys? Or let's see what they get. You know what I mean? Like, all the narratives of saying, like, oh, well, they lost, like, lost to Washington and Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I think the Cowboys have to go out here and make a statement. I think that this is the only way that anybody's going to take a serious in the second round. You know what I mean? Like for, for the 49ers to probably open up at like, I don't know, five, six-point favorites over the Cowboys, which is definitely possible, you would think that the Cowboys have to make a statement in order to get Vegas to even think they have a shot in the second round. Um, there's a path to do some things this year that we haven't done in 27, 28, 35, 40 years. I don't know. It's felt like forever. Um, I think the, the, the road starts tomorrow and look, I'll eat the words, man. If the Cowboys come out flat and it's a continuation of what we saw in week 18, then this team is, is just, it's, it's back to the drawing board because boy, oh boy, we got some decisions to make in this off season and a roster that could look a little different next year. Now, you, you know, the opponents, you know, the teams, but now all of a sudden the giants are a year, you know, ahead of their rebuild. The commanders are going in a different direction. The Eagles are going to be there again. So this is your window. Cowboys, this is your window to make a lot of the people just shut their mouths once and for all and do your thing. So the playoffs are a new season, and I think the Cowboys, um, they started off with the dub. So we'll see. We shall see. We need it. Absolutely. So my assumption is there will either be a celebratory roundtable on Tuesday or a, you know, let's give it up for another season roundtable on Tuesday. That's all going to be worked out. Uh, if the Cowboys win this game, you would assume that their game is going to be on Sunday next week because of the short week. But then again, you just never know. I can't um, imagine they would do that to him. I mean, I, that would just be 
It'd be it awful. It would be horrific. So we'll see. Anyway, let's get it done for Dave Sturchio, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. This has been another episode of the first in 10 podcasts and hopefully not the last of the 2022 season as far as active season it goes. And then I don't really want to talk about the offseason yet. I'm not ready to talk about the offseason. I'm not ready to, to, to pack my locker up. I'm not ready for any of that crap. So Dallas, get it done. And we'll see you guys next week. 